It is time for ball. He is ESPN's Tom Lukabil, and it is presented each week by MyBookie.ag. Code next round when you sign on at MyBookie.ag. They will give you that sign-on match of 50% up to $1,000 at MyBookie.ag. we got a lot to get to, a couple of open jobs. we got some big <laughs> games to talk about. He is Tom Lukabil. What is going on, Lukes? How are you? I am doing good, man. Everything is going great. Uh, just getting sadder and sadder as this season winds down. Yeah, it's tough to see it go. In fact, uh, you're going to be at the uh, the old school bell, USC-UCLA, and that is USC's final regular season game. Hard to believe. Unbelievable uh, that UCLA and USC are in the two positions that they're in right now, to be honest with you, as they depart the Pac-12, head on to the Big Ten. Neither Chip Kelly or Lincoln Riley thought this was how, was how it's going to end in 2023, I can tell you that. No, no, both of them coming off uh, two losses. Uh, but we're not going to waste any time on that game. Those are not contenders. We're only going to talk I'll about I'll deal with that later. Yeah, deal with that later. Deal with that yeah. later. Uh, we got some job openings. Let's talk a couple job openings. Uh, assuming you were Ross Bjork and assuming you had all the money in the world, which apparently Texas A&M does, give me some names of guys that you think could finally unlock Texas A&M. It's been a mystery to me. When you look at the number of games they've won historically, their facilities, it's one of the most underachieving programs in college football. But somebody will eventually unlock it there. Who do you think could unlock Texas A&M? Well, first off, they don't need to try to win the press conference. They need to win the long haul, which likely means targeting and researching and investigating guys that maybe aren't on the radar right now, right? you know, a Lance Leipold, a Jeff Trailer, a Mark Stoops, um, guys that have been proven substance-oriented program builders that have done it at places where you don't have all the bells and whistles and, and, you, and you don't have all the uh, resources that are afforded to you. And, you know, I, I think the other thing, too, is you're going to have to find somebody that in today's day and age can maximize recruiting yet still tie player development into it without name, image, and likeness getting in the way. Yeah. Now, that's, that's going to be difficult to do because that's my biggest question right now. And you just referenced it. You've got everything known to man that you could possibly want to be a championship-level program. Yet, ultimately, they've had several athletic directors over the last 25 years, several presidents over the last 25 years. They've had two 10-win seasons in the last 25 years. They've only come close to sniffing Atlanta one time, and that was 2012. All right, so now you have to ask yourself the question, what's wrong with the players? Because they have way too many good players to perform to that level. And my question would be, and there will be people who will say, oh, you're a name, image, and likeness hater, and blah, blah, blah. No, I'm not. I'm just trying to find answers here. Well, what are Texas A&M's players playing for? Are they playing to capitalize off of being a high-profile recruit, and that's why they went to A&M, because it was the best bag? Or do they want to be the best version of themselves? Do Are they committed to the loyalty and the allegiance to Texas A&M to be a national championship caliber program? And if so, are they willing to put in the work to do that? Or is it just about the individual that's trying to get his along the way? And whoever comes into that job, and this is why I, I focused this and I brought up uh, Jeff Trailer, or Mark Stoops, a Lance Lapala. I brought up people that have a strong history of player development and maximizing production. Because that's what's been lacking here. 
a lack of maximizing production, a lack of player development. They've already got really good players. In some spots, you could say they have great players. But what's wrong? And, that, and it's a fair question to ask. What is wrong? Now, listen, the Connor Wegman injury, I think, was huge. I really, that was a big injury. I think it took its toll on the program. But this has just been a program that doesn't know how to win. Plain and simple. And it is perplexing. But I mentioned, yeah. you know, there, there are schools that, you know, I mean, People that weren't around for the 80s and 70s don't remember that Florida wasn't what it was until Steve Spurrier, I used the phrase, unlocked it. Howard Schnellenberger unlocked Miami one day, and they realized we could be a football powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Nick Saban unlocked LSU, and, and every coach since him, uh, with the exception of Brian Kelly, who's only in his second year, has won a national championship. He won one, and every coach since him. So he unlocked a program. It, sometimes it just takes a guy to go in and, and find – you know, I guess Dabo Sweeney, you can make an argument with Clemson. Sure. He, he unlocked that program to an extent. Kirby Smart, Mark Richt had had success, but Kirby took it to another level and did what George has never been able to do. So that guy is out there for Texas A&M. You just got to hit it right. Yeah, and I, you know, I would point to Kirby as being a great example of what I was describing, and that is somebody that can take the elite player that's coming out of high school and get them to play at an elite level yeah. at the collegiate level. And in order to do that, that player has got to be willing to put himself aside for the betterment of the team in the understanding that if I play to the best of my ability and the other guys around me play to the best of our ability, all of the stuff individually will come. Oh, and by the way, you'll probably be winning a lot of championships if you're willing to do that. If you're not willing to do that, and it's just about individual accolades or, or name, image, and likeness, it's only going to take you so far. And you know what that so far has been so far? Eight and four. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to your to your point, he had a generational – or A&M had a generational quarterback in Johnny Manziel mm-hmm. that got them close enough to Atlanta they could smell it. You know, Alabama, yeah. of course, still went that year. They beat Alabama and Tuscaloosa. Alabama went. The COVID year, Jimbo had a nine and one, which, again, included a loss to Alabama. So you weren't getting to Atlanta that, that year. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, that's it. I mean, that's really the times where they were even close enough to the SEC championship game to smell it. And when you have invested as much as they have, Lugs, in, in facilities and in coaching staff, you you, you got to be closer than that. Well, not only that, with NFL players. Look yeah. at the players that have come off of that team. The Miles Garretts of the world. Okay, you've got uh, the big wide receivers at Tampa Bay. Yeah, I Mike mean, Evans. You've got, yeah. yeah, Mike Evans. You've got several offensive linemen. You've got defensive linemen. I mean, Again, high-level players, and now I would make an argument, and to 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 Jimbo and that staff's credit, because I do think they work at recruiting. I think they've had a lot of help with you know the resources that they have in today's day and age. I would argue that this last two iterations of their roster on pure talent is the best talent that program's probably ever had as a collective group. All right. Well, what's preventing preventing them? from getting over the hump? That's the question that has to be asked. There is another job opening. This one in Starkville. We'll discuss that one with ESPN's Tom Lugabill in just a moment. A reminder, ball is presented each week by mybookie.ag. Code next round at mybookie.ag to get that sign-on bonus of up to $1,000. They're going to give you that 50% match up to $1,000 at mybookie.ag when you use code next round. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with mybookie.ag. Code next round. That is mybookie.ag code next round. Also, Manscaped, 
The male products for Manscaped, great Christmas idea. They've got that great handyman razor that you can travel with anywhere. They've got the Beard Hedger beard trimmer that I use uh, on the reg. Uh, they've got that lawnmower that takes care of the undercarriage and the entire body. they got the weed whacker that takes care of your nose hair and your ear hair. Uh, all those are specially designed for all those things. And then don't forget their uh, boxer shorts, the great male body products, all right there at manscaped.com. And because you watch this show, you can use code BROWN20, that is my last name, BROWN20, at manscaped.com to get 20% off your first order. Code BROWN20 at manscaped.com. All right, Zach Arnett is out very quickly, Luke's, uh, before he even finishes his first full season at Mississippi State. That has been, um, it's been a difficult job at times. I mean, you could make the argument that it is the next-to-last job coaching-wise at the Southeastern Conference. I don't think it's there every year or every mm -hmm. time they hire a coach. Right, but 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 the only one I would say it's definitely a worse job. Always is definitely a worse job is Vanderbilt. Mm -hmm. So if you're Zach Selman, the the uh, the uh, athletics director there at Mississippi State, what do you do about your job opening? Well, I, I think you know you've got to consider high profile assistants that you think might work, but you've also got to look at other coaching candidates that are at other places where it's maybe as difficult as Mississippi State, yet that individual's had success. The difference being Mississippi State being in the SEC, most notably being in the SEC West, and the challenges that are inherent with that don't necessarily come with some other jobs. Like I, I mentioned Lance Leipold, right? And, and Lance Leipold, like I look at Lance and I'm like, I don't know if he would really care about the Texas A&M job. Right, right. But I think he would look at the Mississippi State job and go, you know what? That kind of fits my personality. That's kind of that's a challenge of grit and lunch pail, and everybody thinks you can't do it, which is what everybody thought about him at every place he's ever been. And that would interest me. I think Rhett Lashley is another guy at SMU who intimately understands the the Southeastern Conference. Another guy that I think is a bit intriguing because I do think there has to be some quirk. There has to be some uniqueness. There has to be some type of twist offensively that it makes you different. And that's Jamie Chadwell at Liberty, who, oh, by the way, is undefeated um, while nobody is paying attention. Um, and with what they do offensively, that could be an, interest, an interesting one. But the thing that challenges uh, an athletic director like Selman there is how do you get somebody that's really, really good at a job that's equal or better to leave that job to come to Mississippi State and tell them they got a better chance at winning a championship than they do where they're currently at. That's a hard sell. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt it is. And uh, you're just banging your head against the wall sometimes in the Southeastern Conference. And that conference is only going to get more difficult. I mean, Oklahoma yeah. and Texas come in and it just bumps the pecking order down for everybody that is below Oklahoma and Texas. And no matter what you think of state, I don't think anybody's going to say consistently they can be in front of Oklahoma and Texas. So, you know, the job is only getting more difficult. And, you know, State is one of those programs that actually has gone to Atlanta. But now that the SEC is no longer divisional, you've got to be in the top two to make Atlanta. I mean, your, your path to even playing for a championship. I would say this, though. In all these jobs that might be down-the-line jobs, a 12-team playoff changes things a little bit. Because now all of a sure. sudden, I'm not going to be judged on going to Atlanta or if I'm a Big Ten coach going to Indianapolis or going to Dallas if I'm a Big 12 coach. the Making the playoffs, to me, 
is is going to become that level of judgment, if that makes any sense. So instead of me being judged about whether or not I ever play for a conference championship, maybe I never do that. But if I'm in the playoff two out of every five years, one of every five years, I think my fan base is okay with that. If I'm at a if I'm at a school on that level. Yeah, but I, that would mean a Mississippi State would have to be a 10 and 2, 11 and no 1 doubt. every no two doubt. three years, which may be hard as well. And, you know, I, I think that's the one thing you've got to ask yourself if, because I, I think there are some diehard, really devoted, loyal Mississippi State fans that make that place a very difficult place to play at home. I mean, that it is rough there, man, for a home game. But you have to ask them in today's climate and what's going on around you, would you be happy with a coach that year in and year out goes eight and four, nine and three, maybe is in the running for a new year's six bowl game punches out a 10 and two once every six years. Um, is, is that what you're looking for? Because likely at the top of the scale, it's probably what the expectation level would afford. I don't know if it would afford anything ab- ab- above that in, in the current climate. As you mentioned, with Oklahoma and Texas coming in, um, it just gets more difficult. All right, he is ESPN's Tom Luganbill, and he joins us on Ball each week in the show presented by MyBookie.ag. Don't forget code next round to get that uh, sign-on match when you make your initial deposit. They match it at 50% up to $1,000, MyBookie.ag. That's when you use code next round. You can bet anything, anytime, anywhere with mybookie.ag. Also, don't forget our apparel provided by Roback, Roback.com for all those great hoodies, the softest hoodie you will ever find. The great quarter zips, golf shirts, crew neck sweatshirts, amazing pants, all right there at Roback.com. Code TNR20 to save 20% off your initial order at Roback.com. Code TNR20. All right, let's talk about some games on the field. Uh, Tennessee got blasted at Missouri. I mean, one of the worst performances of the Josh Heupel era. I give Missouri credit for that, by the way, bouncing back from that loss to Georgia and playing the way they did against Tennessee. And Missouri's pretty good, man. Yeah, they are, and that's a but that's a <laughs> heck of a coaching job by Eli Drinkwitz, a guy I've been critical yeah. of. I'm I've not been his biggest fan, but coming off that loss at Georgia and beating Tennessee the way they did, that was a heck of a coaching job by him. What What do you think should be? Not what is. What should be the better job in the SEC, Mississippi State or Missouri? Well, you you follow recruiting closer than I do. Um, then it would be I, Mississippi State. And, that, and that's what I was going to say. I've always felt yeah. like if, if jobs seem to be equal, you tell me who's in the better recruiting hotbed. The state of Mississippi, as you well know, yeah, per capita puts out as many NFL players as anybody. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're a border state to Alabama. They've been able to come to Alabama and steal some players who also, per capita, puts out as many NFL players as anybody. And you're a border state to Louisiana, who, per capita or not, puts out as many NFL players as anybody. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, you know, you, you, you're you in a recruiting hotbed. Um, so, and on top of all of that, and I don't know how, and you tell me how important this is now. For years, the state of Mississippi had a really good junior college football program. Oh, yeah, it, sure. It, yeah, and I don't know, I don't know how, with the transfer portal, I don't know how important that is anymore. Well, it's impacted the junior college level significantly. In fact, it was the first thing to get hit in that first transfer portal cycle. Um and so it hasn't been as impactful. But I think what happens with the transfer portal is you have a lot of, as you referenced, really good players coming out of the state of Mississippi that may go somewhere else. Well, guess yeah. what? When they get in the portal, they may want to come home. And they're yeah. good players. Maybe they're an upgrade for you. But I brought that up because it just shows you how good of a job that uh, Eli Drinkwitz has done with this group uh, at Missouri. They're, they're really good. Yeah, they are really good. Gary Pinkle obviously did that before him. That said, Tennessee was the losing team in that game, and they got blitzed in that game. And now you turn around and host Georgia, 
you can't convince me that maybe they weren't looking a little bit ahead to this Georgia game. I don't know why, because they were playing a good Missouri team. Um, do you give the Vols any chance? Uh, the Vegas line in this, mybookie.ag, is somewhere around 10. Do you give them any chance of staying on the field with Georgia? Well, I think you have to because of the environment, right? You know, if you ask me that question in this game was in Athens, it's a bit of a different answer. But here's what I, I like really as of late with Georgia's. The more you try to doubt or challenge them or tell you tell them they have holes or that they're they're not what everybody was expecting them to be, the better they seem to play. And by the way, the schedule that everybody was saying was so bad hasn't turned out to be all that bad. And um, and they've taken care of business. I mean, listen, they they basically took the the Alabama model against Ole Miss and duplicated it. Um, and it was. Uh, it was a dominant performance against a good old Miss team. And I don't know if Tennessee is capable, even at home, is capable of being error-proof enough to hang with Georgia. They'll just, they'll make mistakes. And Joe Milton will make a mistake. They will. I think they will have a turnover, if not more than one. They'll have penalties. And I think once that starts to happen, Georgia just starts like the chums in the water they just start yeah. circling yeah it, it and you mentioned the game being at neyland stadium uh georgia you know it's interesting when you look at them they as dominant as they have been of late and they do have brock bowers back so they're back whole on offense mm -hmm. but it is dominant as they have been of late they still trailed against auburn mm -hmm. they still trailed in the second half against in the second half against auburn on the road second half at home uh against south carolina Second half at home against Missouri. They have been a dominant team, but they still have trailed in three conference games in the second half. I mean, not like, oh, I, you know, I get a busted play early. This is a second half deficit that they have had three times now in conference games. Yeah, and where were those games? Well, uh, Auburn was on the road. Only one was on the road. The other two were at home, yeah. But it was Auburn. It was. Tough and, place to play. Auburn is a tough place to play, and – and I think so there's some commonalities there. Um, but I think that, listen, we, we've seen teams throughout this season, virtually everybody but Michigan, um, have had their moments where they'll have a quarter of a two or two in a game where they won't play very good. Yeah. And do you finish the game? We've seen that with Texas. Texas has figured out ways how to get to the end of that clock when it reads zero and be on the winning side of, of the contest. But maybe they didn't play very well for the third quarter. Played really good in the first and second. Figured it out in the fourth. Georgia's no different. Um, and Ohio State's done that to some degree a little bit. Now, they've worked themselves out of it some uh, as of late. But, again, the schedule in the Big Ten, um, you know, I think that what we found out about Penn State is they're a team with NFL-level players that doesn't play at an NFL-level style, even when they're at home regardless of whether on the road. So how, how good is the conference top to bottom to give Ohio State or Michigan any type of, of challenge? And so I think when we talk about that, you know, Georgia's not immune to that either. Getting Brock Bowers back, it, it was an offense that Mike Bobo seemed to figure out how to call plays without Brock Bowers. There, I mean, they played pretty well offensively without him. It wasn't like this glaring absence that they had that a lot of people thought they would. So once you figure that out and now you add him back to the equation, it will be interesting to see if they can even take that next step forward 
with him back in there and some of the other guys that stepped forward and were producing with him out of the lineup? Well, you swapped him and McConkey, right? Yeah. Well, you lost true. him. Yeah. You got McConkey back, and what an impact he's had because you can tell that the connection between him and Carson Beck is very, very strong. He yep. trusts Lad McConkey. He knows he's going to be where he's supposed to be there. They're actively targeting him. I mean, you watch that, and I know it's played endlessly on a on a on a loop on social media. But you watch that stutter come back and go with Kirby Smart along the sideline, and Lad McConkey just makes the defender look silly. But like those types of one-on-one plays, if you don't have him and Brock Bowers, yeah, maybe it's a bit of a different conversation. But to have that, the timing of that, get one back for the other, I think really helped ease that transition. Ball presented each week with Tom Lugabell by MyBookie.ag. Code next round when you sign into MyBookie.ag. They will uh, give you that sign-on match. When you make your initial deposit, they'll match it at 50% up to $1,000 at MyBookie.ag. That is when you use code next round. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere. MyBookie.ag. Code next round. MyBookie.ag. Code next round. Uh, also, Lancerslog.com. 13 games on the board for Lance this last college football weekend. He went 10-3. and three. In those games, it was up uh, seven, almost eight units in that time. You can jump on board now for the remainder of the college football season and the bowl package coming up soon. Uh, daily, weekly, monthly, season-long packages right there at lanceslock.com. College basketball, NBA's off the hot start in the NBA as well. Lanceslock.com. All right, let's wrap up with Huskies and Beavers. Washington going to Corvallis. Tough game for the Huskies, whose defense seems to have left them of late and that seems like a bad formula for going on the road and winning and what can be a really tough place to play in Corvallis Corvegas baby have you ever been there no haven't oh, no. I've oh, oh. close. well listen all I know is if you've been to Mount Pleasant Michigan on the same I've been weekend there. that I've been there yeah I had to ask the question yeah so um you do actually need to go you should go and spend a couple of weeks up in the Pacific Northwest and go to Eugene and go to Seattle and, and go yeah. to Pullman and go to some of these outposts like Corvallis. Like you'll find out real quick why it's tough to play there. It's tough to get there. It's tough to get in and out of. And the stadiums are so right on top of you that um, it's just really difficult to play. And, um, you know, right now Oregon State's 5-0 and at home and they're not out of, they're not out of a Pac-12 championship uh, nope. Uh, race just yet and um, that place will be rocking I think the one thing that helps Oregon State is they have the ability to play some keep away from you because they can line up and do what SC was not capable of doing and that's just say hey we're going to run it we're not going to allow you to be on offense because we're going to maintain possession of the football and um, and Oregon State can do that to you they can demoralize you running the football with Damian Martinez and then I think defensively, um, I have to give Washington credit because you put up 35 points on that Utah defense. Again, very impressive. I talked about that earlier in the season when Oregon went up to, to uh, Salt Lake City and did it. So I, I think offensively there will be challenges for Oregon State on defense, but it's another defensive team that could create some challenges for the Huskies. Michael Penix has been fine. They've been able to run the football. You're right about the defense, but I still contend in that conference. If you are on pace and you're on schedule on offense, you can get away with being above average on defense and win a football game, right? What you can't get away with is being SC in Colorado, right? And, yeah. and that's where that's where I think 
um, you know, Washington still might have a slight nod, but right now Oregon State's favored, minus one. I cannot get past the fact, I cannot get past this fact, that Oregon State is one of the teams left behind in all of this Pac-12 exodus to the Big Ten and the Big 12. And they're the one team that can completely screw it up for the Pac-12 right now because <laughs> they get they get Washington this week and the Civil War against Oregon next week. Yeah, a back-to-back wins by Oregon State, and it probably, no matter what else happens, spells doom for the Pac-12 in the college football playoff. What are you? I see. I'm not convinced that chaos is over. I think no, we're going to see. No, no, I think we're going to see it Saturday. Yeah, we're, we are. We're going to see something we're not expecting to see. Yep. Might see it multiple times. You don't know. Like, uh, listen. I know they're not the better team, but if I'm Texas going on the road in Ames, oh. Iowa against Iowa State, that's a creepy place to play. Yep. You're without Jonathan Brooks. Like, there's a lot of bad things that line up there. Uh, there's just – and then you got teams like Alabama and, and, and Auburn, who they've got. Yep. But somebody's going to – somebody is going to get bit. And, um, and I'm hey, listen, I'm here for all of it because I want to see this down the stretch. I hate it when everything holds chalk and the committee gets to do the easy thing. I don't yeah. want the committee to be able to do the easy thing. No, give me all the chaos you got, my friend. Give it. I think we're going to get it Saturday. I'm hoping. I think this is one of the games, too. Uh, Washington at Oregon State. I think it starts there. All right. He is ESPN. Tom Lukabil. He's on his way uh, to the Victory Bell game. The Victory Bell, USC and UCLA. And uh, he'll have that game out there in L.A. The show presented by MyBookie.ag. Code next round when you sign on to uh, get that deposit match of 50% up to $1,000. MyBookie.ag. Code next round. All right. Enjoy LA, Luke and Bill. We'll see you next week. We'll do it, man. Thanks.